That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey friends, I have had the blessing of having so many good friends here in studio chatting with me and bringing them to you to just let you hear lots of different perspectives around the main topic of sort of this season of life, this season's chats, and that's starting over. We are all constantly being called to start over, whether it is in our personal lives, in our businesses, in our careers, in our homes, everywhere we turn, we have absolutely been called to scrape everything, start over, build anew, and be better. And what's great is that if we can get really good at starting over, one, acclimating and learning and knowing that it's going to happen, and two, finding the tools, resources, and people to support us when it does, we can actually handle life and we can do it together. So today I'm super excited because I have a good friend of mine, Lauren Shante, in studio, and she is a wellness guru. I mean, truly, what's amazing about her approach is it is whole body. And you all know that's how I feel. I am not about tackling just one thing. Having gone through physical changes, having gone through life changes, gone through business changes, mommy changes, I can tell you that you can't just tackle one area and think that everything else is going to fall into place. If you only focus on one, something else is going to fall out of balance. And what's great about Lauren is this is her expertise. She's truly someone who refuses to allow you to fixate on one thing as being wrong without looking at the whole well-being. And so, Lauren, I am so glad you're here today to talk to us about the many places that you've started over and how you help women navigate the same. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here and connecting with everybody today. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So first things first, what I love about you is one of my best dear friends, Nikki Ellidge Brown, is a military spouse as well. Mm -hmm. She's also a mommy of three and she is always, I mean, I've watched her as a close friend go through and navigate all the things that come with, you know, women who very much, especially when you're active duty, I mean, you are in service as well. Like I, I always say, you know, I love my teachers. and I love my military moms because they literally are making it possible in so many ways for their husbands to serve. You know, you guys are truly in service with them. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. And thank you to all the military moms out there. But tell us a little bit more about what that meant for your life, because on a base level, as a military mom, you could be packed up and moved and have to start over in a new city 
and not even know it's coming. Yes. So my husband and I have been together since before he was in the military, which Ooh. is kind of crazy. So I remember it was a him. Choice. <laughs> well, I mean, you you never choose who you fall in love with, sure, right? Sure. And so you have to, as I'm sure you've experienced in your life, when you really love someone, you have to also love their mm-hmm. calling and be willing to walk the journey with them. But just because you fall in love with a person who's destined to be in the military doesn't mean that you really understand everything. Ain't that the truth, that you're girl. agreeing to. It doesn't have to be the military. It's just hard <laughs> and, to understand them sometimes. So so true. So. In his 15 years of service, we've moved cross-country four times. When you say cross-country, you mean back and forth? Coast to coast. So the first time we moved was New York to San Diego to Camp Pendleton. And And that was actually great, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was was thrilled. (laughs) We came off the highway in San Diego. I was like, honey, you're going to have to drag me kicking and screaming from this place. I was so happy. I was thrilled. Literally, my friend Nikki was stationed in Hawaii. Yeah, that so, can't be bad. Yeah, I know, that can't be bad. I mean, she truly was like, this is the best. I love this. So yeah, no, I get yeah, it. But mm-hmm. then they took me away. And they took me from San Diego to Virginia. And we were mm-hmm. in Virginia for three years in greater Washington, D.C. for just under a year. Then we moved back to California. We were in California for, gosh, I start to lose track of the numbers, but it was probably somewhere between maybe five and six years. And then we just moved to New York last year. You know what's wild about that also? And I think this is something that's a great call out. Sometimes when you start over, it doesn't even feel like you're going to be because five years is enough time to put down roots. Like six years is enough time to put down roots. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you move your life that way, whether it's into a new job or a new food or wellness lifestyle or Mm -hmm. and you're spending five years in it, it's enough to feel like, is this who I am? You know what I mean? What's that like? sort of planting roots as if we're staying, knowing very well that you may have to leave. What does that do to your psyche? How does that feel? So our typical move cycle is actually three and a half years or so, like 36 months at a place. And we just got lucky with that chunk in California that we were there for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So it's tricky because you have to make a really conscious choice that you're going to live the fullest, even though you know you're leaving. Ooh, pause (laughs) on that for a second. So... So many of us don't do that knowing that the life we're in is our life, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and I love Mm -hmm. telling people life is for living. Like that is whatever moment you're in, be pressing completely. So what you're telling me is you would know that once you get started approaching that three-year mark, I mean, so even in San Diego, when you were there for five years, Mm -hmm. those last two years were kind of like any day now, like because we're already past our point. And you were still like, I'm going to live as full as possible. Yeah. And just to kind of add some some color to flesh out the situation, we actually moved to two different places in San Diego. So we spent the first half of our time in La Jolla and then we moved to North County for the second half because it's really hard when you move across the country, you don't have a place to live, you're displaced. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to settle on the first place where you can get a roof over your head. Mm. And that's not always the best situation for your family, mm-hmm. an emotional situation, financial situation, commute. So many so times- everything's really tossed in the air. It's not yeah. just a matter of, oh, I'm moving and they've prepared a place for me. It's not like no, that. It's, oh, no. I'm moving, new school, new, possibly even clothes, supplies, things like that, just starting from scratch. And you're responsible for figuring it out. It's not like someone <sighs> goes ahead of you and it was like, look, we've prepared this lovely home for you. No, mm-hmm. our last move to New York was at the height of the housing crisis when we were given our orders to PCS, we ended up living full-time in our RV for four months before we were able to get into a home. And wow. a lot of people are like, that's trendy right now, you know, doing the like off living. I mean, it's trendy it if you cool. choose it, girl. It's it trendy was, if you choose it. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool, and I'm glad I had the experience, but it was it was not 
not a choice. Like we sure. had to do that. There was nowhere else to go until I actually had to register wow. my kids for school under the McKinney-Vento Homelessness Act oh. in order to get them registered for school. And the social worker's calling me. She's like, do you need school supplies? Like, do you need food? Like, what do you need? I'm like, listen, we're not that type of homeless. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, Literally, we just are without a home Yeah, we're, we're military right. displaced. Just, right. And so you don't get control over so much in that moving situation. And so- for me, it's definitely about a combination of prospering where you're planted and making the decision that you're going to do the best you can, but also having so much grace for the fact that everyone has a limit and it's okay to have a limit. It's okay for the days that you have to break down in tears or the days that your kids are ripping each other's hair out because you're living in a 32-foot RV with yes, three children. Yes. And the days where you're just like, God, like I know you put me here for a reason and I don't know what it is yet and I'm going to choose to have faith that you put me here for a good reason, even though I want to stomp my feet like a toddler. <laughs> oh my. So I know right now that all of our friends on listening are like, you are speaking my language, mm -hmm. prospering where you're planted. So one of the things that I've been working on, not just in like prayer in my personal life, because I'm a God girl, but also in therapy, you know, mm -hmm. is recognizing that the present is really all that I've got. And if I'm spending time worrying about what has happened or what will happen, then I'm not doing what I can in the now to make sure that I'm able to actually move forward. So, so let's talk a little bit about how you work with people in wellness to prosper where they're planted. So I know that for me, if I my housing is askew and off sorts, you know, 32 mm -hmm. foot, you know, RV, I'm going to slack on my eating. I'm going to slack on my working out. I'm going to slack on, honestly, even work. Some days I'm just going to be like, it's too loud and I just can't do it. So knowing that you were still called to have to show up in all these places, what were you doing and what have you known is like kind of my routine? As I shift from place to place, season to season, what are things that you already know where you're like, look, I'm going to put this into place so that I can make sure I show up? Yeah, something I've always believed in is I believe in solutions. I believe mm -hmm. that if you sit with a problem long enough, there is a solution that is going to show itself. And I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they leave the situation or exit the situation or give up on moving forward before they've allowed the solution to arrive. And it's mm. hard because it requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of learning belief. to sit with your emotions and belief and faith. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I'm just really blessed that that's something that I've always had to be able to sit and wait for the solution. So whether it's in my real life or working with my students in my wellness intensives, I always just try to remind people that you have to control the controllable and there's always something you can control. There's always mm. something that we can pick to find the low hanging fruit that you can pour your energy into to create forward movement. Friend, you know that between having the kids and wanting to keep up with my health, there are a million things that are always being offered to us that is going to optimize that life. But the truth is, you're not even going to know what to optimize if you don't have an idea of what's going on inside of you. Now, I definitely have clarity around how I feel. I am stressed. I am tired. I am overwhelmed. These are all real things. But I need numbers so that I can have health optimization. And there's a lot of benefits around blood testing, lab work, all of that, which is why I've got to tell you about Inside Tracker. I want you to know that they use data from your blood, DNA, fitness trackers, all of these things provide a comprehensive look at what's going on inside. And Inside Tracker gives you personalized and science-backed recommendations on things you can do to take control of and optimize your health. 
things like food choices and supplements, workout and lifestyle things, especially around optimizing your sleep and your stress. Insight Tracker tests and provides optimal ranges for over 40 biomarkers, things like your testosterone, your cortisol, that stress girl, <laughs> and ferritin, that's your iron, vitamin D, we out in the sun, <laughs> we need to be. I want you to know that Insight Tracker will give you info on all of those things. And the thing I love the most about Insight Tracker is that it's strictly science-backed. Everything that they do is. So if your specific biomarker is unoptimized, they're providing recommendations that are backed by dozens of peer-reviewed studies and personalized to you. This process was actually set in place by their founders, and it includes experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. We cannot play with our health, which means that everything we do has got to be science-backed. So for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up at insidetracker.com slash Nicole. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash Nicole. That's insidetracker.com slash N-I-C-O-L-E to save 20% off today. It can feel like things, especially in this day and age, you know, it's like I have friends right now who are just trying to get a handle on their wellness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as anyone listening knows, all my good friends, I'm not one to prescribe any type of nutritional lifestyle. Like, I'm not saying you have to do this, you have to do that. So for some of my friends, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's included things like, well, I want to change some of my eating habits. But then what's out of their control? Price point. I mean, it has literally gotten even more expensive to eat well, you yeah, know, yeah. depending on what well looks like for you. And mm-hmm. so it's, you know, they're just like how I just started getting to handle all this and now everything's out of sorts. So totally. when you say controlling the controllable, what are some things that, you know, maybe variables that you think people can really look at and say, okay, I got some, some yeah. handle around You know this. where I want to bring people's attention to on this is kind of like a bigger picture and a bigger philosophy. A lot of us have this idea of wellness or weight loss or whatever your wellness goal is. I want you Mm -hmm. guys to fill in the blank and whatever that means to you, that there is some sort of black and white answer about what is right and wrong. I think a lot of us think if I'm going to lose weight, I'm just going to go on Pinterest and I'm going to print out a meal Mm -hmm. plan. And as long as I follow the meal plan, then I'm going to wake up looking exactly the way I want to look in 4.5 seconds. Right. Right. And That's really just not the way that human beings work, right? Mm -hmm. When we look at ourselves biologically and we look at ourselves psychologically and then we look at our lives, everything is so complex and so nuanced and so different from one person to another. And when we fail to respect the individuality of each person amongst all of these different areas where we can be different, then we literally deprive ourselves of being able to see the things that we have control over in our unique lives so that we can apply ourselves and create momentum. That's so, so good. what I really try to empower people to do is to embrace the fact that there's no one-size-fits-all solution. I, as a wellness strategist, do not actually prescribe to one specific way of eating. I'm and not, that's so important. Oh, yeah. my gosh, do y'all hear that? And and the thing is, I'm so big on using my space to elevate the voices of the people who acknowledge and honor that we're different. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there who are saying, well, if you want it to work, it has to be this. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. My formula is this because people feel like, and I've talked about this, if you guys mm-hmm. listen to previous chats, I've talked about it, how there's pride in saying, I don't know, or there's pride in saying, hey, it may be different for you. And honoring that uniqueness in 
it may not be our bodies, but it may be the circumstances or whatever, you know, is critical to actually getting success. It is. And then being empowered with the tools. Once you understand that you need to embrace being unique, being empowered with the tools to figure out, okay, great. Now that I know that I'm unique and special, what the heck am I supposed to do? Right. Mm -hmm. You can't just leave people sitting there and being like, don't do the black and white solutions, but then they don't know what to do next. right? Right. So where I really love to come in is teaching people how to take data on their bodies and their lives and then draw conclusions from that data to figure out what does this actually do when you implement it in real life. And something Mm -hmm. that I talk about a lot is everyone's unique wellness formula. What I kind of like to think of is a chess game. When you play chess, you want to win in as few moves as possible, Mm -hmm. right? And it's the same case with your wellness. When you're trying to be well, you want to do as little as possible Mm -hmm. to get yourself to that point where you tip and you're getting the results that you're looking for. So What I teach people is how to collect that data on themselves in really simple and easy ways and then how to draw conclusions from that data about what's working for them or not working for them. And sometimes the thing that's actually most valuable is knowing what's not working for you. Mm. And in our current way of approaching not just wellness, but motherhood, life, marriage, when something doesn't work, we feel like it's a failure. What I really try to reframe with my students is, no, this is actually a really exceptional opportunity for collecting data on how your body doesn't work, on how your marriage doesn't work on how your children don't work on on how weight loss is not going to happen for you because then we can use scientific method and process of elimination to cross that off the list why yeah and move on to the next thing and when you take that approach it becomes something where self-sabotage doesn't occur as much you're not going to be somebody who's constantly hopping on and hopping off every time you feel like because you're not starting by telling yourself you can't exactly which is part of the energy i think that goes into so much of it is saying Mm -hmm. oh i can't so for instance you know using exactly your method here and applying it in a very personal way to my marriage and my relationships which Mm -hmm. is something i've talked about a lot here you know, it could be so easy for me to say I have failed at a marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I am not able to find, engage in or deserving of love in the future. But mm-hmm. instead, you know, I choose to believe what God has said about me, which is that, no, like, you know, this just didn't work during this season, this time, this circumstance. And what I have learned are all the things I do need. Maybe maybe I had what I needed during that time, but the person that I am now needs this going forward. And this is how I'd like to show up, you know, and I've sought out what actually serves me here. And so you're right. I just treated my previous marriage as a whole ton of data, you know, and yeah. I'm using that data, sifting through it with the help of therapists, my pastor and prayer, my own well-being. And again, a lot of therapy. You know, to figure Mm -hmm. out how to read that data. So you're saying that's how you work with people is, hey, take a circumstance, take where you are, collect your wellness data and let's read it together to now figure out what tools and things you need to build the life that best suits you. Exactly. And and, I mean, I've been in my field for I feel like it's more than 15 years now. Mm -hmm. I have my master's degree in my field. I've been doing this for a long time. So I can sometimes come in and I can help people see options that they couldn't see before. Oh, for sure. You're like a Google of wellness. I am. It's like it's a little. (laughs) disturbing. I'm like a human encyclopedia. But but it's all for the purpose of when I present the options and the information that maybe people don't have access to of putting my students at the center as the expert on their own lives. And I think that we forget. I mean, they are though, right? Because you're in it every day. People forget that I, as a coach, don't know what's going on in your home. I don't know Mm -hmm. everything that's going on with your children. I don't know everything that's going on in your head. And girl, people don't even tell you. Let's just tell the truth. You know what I mean? Like there is, I can honestly say, and and some of y'all may disagree, some of y'all may spill to everyone. I tell my therapist a lot, but there's also 
a revealing nature in what I don't feel comfortable saying to my therapist right mm-hmm. away. Because there are times where I'll reveal something to her and she's like, oh, you've been carrying that for a while. And I'm like, yeah, either I didn't think it was important enough to share or I didn't, I wasn't ready to share it or maybe I didn't have clarity around sharing it. And how can someone advise you best if they don't know all those pieces? And so even if you, it's an unintentional not sharing. So you're right, empowering people to know that they are the experts in their life and that others cannot speak into it because they don't know all the information is so important. And every single person I bring on here for our chats or that I introduce my friends to, that if you guys haven't noticed yet that is a ongoing theme i refuse to bring or introduce anyone to you that i feel is going to strip you of your right and power and expertise to listen to you and for those of you guys who are god girls or women of faith that relationship you may have with god to to use that to lead what you want to mm-hmm. do and i think there's just so much of that online with these you know I, oh, I'm just going to say it because you can't unqualified <laughs> wellness gurus out here who are not trained in their expertise, who do not have that approach, who feel like it's like, no, I have come up with a science and a formula and girl, this is what you're going to use. Yeah. And if you don't use it and if you haven't used it, then you're you're the fault. You're the one who's wrong. You're the problem. And that is just so harmful. And what I love about you is you do not prescribe to that. As a matter of fact, you have found success specifically not doing that. Yeah. And honestly, that was only from my own experience of, mm-hmm. of almost becoming damaged goods myself. So let's talk about that. So, so uh, it's so let's easy for it. us. Let's talk about let's it. It's so tea. easy for us because we just dove right into yeah. like my business and what, you know, what we know. Yeah. Let's talk about your story a little bit, because I mean, yes, obviously you have the master's, you have the degree, the certifications, mm-hmm. you have truly spent time becoming qualified in your craft but you also have the experience. Yeah. So let's talk about where you are because I know, and you know, I'm just going to push you to say it. You've dealt with, you know, some issues around disordered eating. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how you got there and how you got out of it. Yeah. And I love sharing my story about disordered eating because it is the root of everything that I do now. It is the reason I am an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't even realize it was the root of my story until I was on another podcast like this. And wow. it just started like spilling out on wow. air. And I was like, wow. Um, so anyways, my, my story is after I had my oldest child, I already had my master's degree in exercise science. I'd mm-hmm. already been a celebrity personal trainer. I'd already worked with professional athletes. I was a good five years into my career. I was, and you're technically I was, doing it right, right? Yeah, Which is I, what we always hear. You're, you've done it right. I was supposed to be an expert on weight loss mm-hmm. already. I had positioned myself as an expert. And there I found myself after having my oldest child really struggling to lose weight in a way that was extremely emotionally crippling. Mm -hmm. I was really feeling the weight of being a woman in the fitness industry. I had always been told when I worked in luxury gyms and when I did celebrity personal training that people will hire you based off of how you look, not Mm -hmm. how much you know. And so it was really weighing on me during that period. Like, I have to get back into shape. I have to lose the baby weight, So it wasn't even like, you know, and I think this is so important to call out on your end. It's not like you slipped in your system. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like, no, like I'm do I'm working out, I'm eating well, but mm-hmm. I did something totally natural and appropriate. I had a baby. Okay. Yes. And now my body is acting differently. And and it's affecting not just how I feel about myself, my clothing, my energy level, but it's mm-hmm. affecting my work. So all aspects are now impacted. Yeah. And at that time I was staying home with my son. I was not working. We had just, we had just done a cross country move from California to Virginia, just having that transition of being a first time mom with my oldest. So my identity was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Our marriage was going through adjustments. We were in a brand Mm -hmm. new place and it was really and truly my first time trying to really lose weight. I had never super had to do that before, maybe like um, five pounds here, five pounds there, but it was Mm -hmm. my first like real raw weight loss experience. And I could not stick to 
anything. I could not stop eating all the carbs. I was binge eating. I would eat food out of the trash. Oh my gosh. I just was like, and I was like looking at myself with such shame. I'm like, I am supposed to be an expert on this. Like I'm supposed to show up right. and I'm supposed to be disciplined well, and, you've and been ready teaching to go. teaching people about it, but now yeah. you're relating on a level that's like, oh my Wait gosh, I really understand this, which isn't it amazing how sometimes God gives us certain struggles and it just deepens our understanding for the work that we do. Like, holy cow. Yes. And, and I understand that now, right? Mm-hmm. But in that season, I got so frustrated. I had a big binge one day and then I went into my downstairs bathroom and I knelt on the white subway tile and I stuck my fingers down my throat oh and my I made gosh. myself throw up. And I remember my son, my 18 month old son was playing in the other room and I went and I left him in the other room to go make myself throw up. Wow. And I remember getting up from the toilet and just feeling that like trauma brain that you feel, that mm-hmm. numb feeling when something really awful has happened Just out to of you. body, that awareness. And exactly, yeah. out of body and just getting up and walking into the other room and watching him playing and just... And this moment happened. And I, in hindsight, I recognized that I should have felt like something was wrong with me. Like I was the problem. Like I had let myself get to this point. Like there was something flawed or broken about me. But instead, I heard this voice and I was not a Christian at the time. Now I believe mm-hmm. it was the voice of God just mm-hmm. saying, you are not the problem here. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I knew that everything that I had learned about weight loss, dieting, exercise, women's issues, what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a wife, that all of those things were wrong. If I was this expert and I was in this position where I had been literally brought to my knees with frustration, that there was something else going on that did not have to do with me being flawed and broken. Oh, and so (laughs) talk about like, can I just say there are women right now listening to this that are in this season Mm -hmm. that I don't know what it is about the similarities in sort of what crisis feels like in your Mm -hmm. life. But coming to that point where you just say to yourself, something is deeply wrong here and it is it is outside of self. Mm -hmm. I I just and I know even though my moment looked different than yours, it's the same sort of thing where you walk back into this life that you've built almost in a stupor Mm -hmm. where you're like, I have hit all these marks. I'm looking at my sweet, sweet babies and something is not right. And I don't even know where to get the answer. Mm -hmm. What on earth has happened to me and how did I get here? So you're at this crisis pivot moment. Mm -hmm. What do you do next? Like truly in that moment, what do you do next? You just pick up your baby and keep moving. Do you... Yeah. Cry? Do you go? What do you do? Well, I did a Nicole, which is making the next right choice. Eight right. Fries. And, That's and, me. I eat French fries. And <laughs> the next right choice. I, I don't remember exactly what mm-hmm. I did that day, but I know that within that year, I had registered myself for a different type of nutrition certification. Mm. I started looking for knowledge, and the research for me never stopped. I'm a scientist at heart. My undergraduate degree was a pre med degree. Mm-hmm. I'm a giant science nerd. I'm a research nerd, but I wasn't just focusing on nutrition and exercise science anymore. I was studying psychology, reading behavioral psychology textbooks, studying sociology, anthropology, Mm. women's issues. Like you would have, have, most women don't understand how important it is to understand women's issues and how women oftentimes carry the mental load in families. The messaging that we're receiving and how that impacts all of our decision making. And we incorporate so little of those other areas into our understanding of wellness and weight loss. Like I said, Mm. we're like, let's just go on Pinterest and print out the plan. But you, there's just too much woven into the fabric of it. So Mm -hmm. through the course of that, I ended up discovering that there were very real biological and physiological reasons that I was binge eating that had to do with what dieting does to your system. And if I had let myself label myself as an emotional eater or as a binge eater, instead of looking for those very real reasons that originate in your brain and in your body that cause you to want to eat when you are not eating, Mm -hmm. I would have thought I was the problem. I would have let that shape my identity 
in, I mean, nobody feels good when they call themselves an emotional eater. Oh, yeah. That never feels good. It doesn't good. feel good, yeah. And, I, I and have, it also feels like almost like once you have the definition, it's just easy to label it and then just be like, that's just what that is. I'm eating mm-hmm. my feels. I'm moving on. When I get out of my feels, I'll be I'll stop doing this. But yeah. the truth is, feels are always here. Right. So what do you do about that? And mm-hmm. we have to be careful of labels because they become interwoven into the fabric of our lives and interwoven wow. into the fabric of who we think we are. So if we're going to label ourselves as something, we need to be very conscientious that we're choosing using the right label. And I truly feel that with the wellness industry, emotional eating, and a a variety of other topics that because we've had to make fitness and nutrition marketable, we've had to dumb it down to that fourth grade level. You always talk about that in your programs. Things have to be simple. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've simplified it so much that very critical pieces of understanding have been lost. And because of that, women everywhere are choosing labels for themselves that are no longer appropriate. And that's where I really try to come in as a wellness strategist and help women to redefine their labels around themselves, Mm -hmm. to shift their toxic mindsets around wellness to ones that are actually constructive. And ultimately, most of the time, you know, we do talk about nutrition, we do talk about exercise, but 99% of the time, my students are shocked that we end up talking about everything else during their sessions. Well, it's true (laughs) because, I mean, when I tell you, it's especially because we're always told that we have to be solution-oriented. And honestly, as moms and as sisters and as, you know, young women in our 20s trying to get out there and be great, you know, Mm -hmm. we have so many things things that are on our to-do list. You know, I want to be successful in my career and I want to make sure my kids are good and I want to make sure I, you know, find the right partner and all these things that honestly, wellness feels like it has to tuck within those things because mm-hmm. we didn't even realize that the messaging is that wellness is secondary. And what's wild that, I mean, literally I am knocking up on my 40s and I am just now learning and appreciating this sort of shift because, you know, over time we've gotten more data, we should be applying it, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and we're learning so much more about women just literally saying, no, I'm embracing rest. I'm Mm -hmm. embracing softness because that can be a priority and I can tuck Mm -hmm. these other to-do list items within that. And that is such a powerful, I don't want to say bucking of the the society's notions, but a recalibration around how we should Mm -hmm. view ourselves. And that's one of the things I love about you is wellness isn't necessarily secondary wellness and and prioritizing that can help Mm -hmm. empower us to hit that to-do list. Yeah. And I want to take us in a perpendicular there because I think a lot of times people think that wellness has to be in the second seat Mm -hmm. because it seems so involved. It seems like 5 a.m. workouts and joining CrossFit and packing all your food and Tupperware. It is. Mm -hmm. But when when you think that that's what it takes, to become well, of course you're going to put it in second position. Right. There's there's no way that that's going to be sustainable. Right. In in a way, it's actually women being really smart. They're mm. looking at that and they're like, I'm not even going to waste my energy on that because I know that that is not realistic or accomplishable for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not going to come out of the other side of that effort with success. And so I know I'm I don't not even going to go there. Other things and other priorities. Exactly. So, honestly, just even our way of and I, guys, look, this is how Lauren is literally recalibrating our thoughts around mm-hmm. what we have been saying to ourselves is oh, even putting ourself on the back burner, we're bad because of it. Mm-hmm. She's saying, no, actually, that's just a sign of how effective we are because yes. we're prioritizing the things that we know that we may have the energy for. So right there, yeah. that's a mind shift right there. Don't beat yourself up because you've done that. Yeah. You know, just use that as a sign of how effective you are. Friend, you have known this whole time that you've been fed a line. Mm, <laughs> what works, so that's what good. It? You've known, but because there's this programming that if you don't just do it, 
there's a major brand that uses that line, mm-hmm. you know, all know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with you. You're not motivated enough. You're not disciplined mm-hmm. enough. You don't want it bad enough. Your priorities aren't right. There's mm-hmm. something inherently that's flawed about you. And I say sometimes that I feel like the dieting, wellness, and weight loss industries are gaslighting a little bit. Ooh. It's like that toxic marriage where it's like you're bringing your issues to the table and the the other person is just making you feel as if you're the Change crazy yourself, one. yourself. Fix yourself. You're the problem. Exactly. Yep. And mm-hmm. that is exactly the messaging that we are getting from our wellness weight loss, dieting, fitness, mm. franchising, and branding out there is like, it's all about you. And my friends, that is gaslighting. Yes. Our responsibility as educators, as professionals is to meet you where you are at. If you are mm. truly unmotivated, lazy, undisciplined, don't have the right priorities, which is not true. But if it were, it is my job to meet you there and provide you a solution that gets you results regardless of your inherent weaknesses. That is education. That is coaching. That is true wellness. You should not have to be perfect Mm. in order to be well. Being well isn't (sighs) something we are all entitled to as human beings. Lauren is preaching on today, y'all. <laughs> uh, we came here, I know, listen, y'all, if you could see, we we came here just to hang out in Kiki and we're having a whole sermon, okay? Yeah. But it is true. I mean, it's one of the things that I've always been so, so big on is, you know, you shouldn't have to be wealthy to be well. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be privileged and grow up in a certain advantageous life in order to be well. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to, you know, fight this messaging every single day to be well. And it's amazing to hear Someone who has dedicated their life to this business, to this craft, to tackling these demons that are constantly mm-hmm. in the world telling us that, you know, wellness has to be secondary because if you're focusing on, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I have heard women who are told they're overweight and don't look great and need to exercise. And those same women, when they start exercising, if you meet them at that moment, saying to them, you care too much. I say I've met, I've been that woman. Let's yeah. just keep it all the way real. I People have seen me over the past 12 years weigh 100 pounds more and weigh 100 pounds less. And I have been told when I was 100 pounds heavier, you know, oh, I can't take you as seriously as a business owner because you can't even control what you put into your mouth. Mm. You know, like yeah. you can't even do, you know, your your body and your health aren't a priority. How do I know you're doing anything else well? Like I've, mm. I've had that messaging. But then I've also had the messaging once I have made changes in my lifestyle, which again, were for health, never for appearance, never, not mm-hmm. that that, honestly, if I did it for appearance, I'm allowed to do that too. Absolutely. But I did it for health just because I have babies. And for me, it was really important to make sure I could just keep up with them. I did feel good in my body, but I felt good appearance wise. I didn't feel good health wise. But that being said, once I lost the weight, you know, and going through some of these marital changes, people literally have said, you know, oh, well, it's because you think you're too good now. Oh, it's because you've gotten better. Oh, it's because you've, and it's this weird thing where it's like, literally like my marriage had issues when I was heavy and it had Mm -hmm. issues when I was, you know, smaller, like neither one is the factor. And the fact that I feel healthier, I'd be totally and completely not being forthright if I said that when you are healthier and you feel good about yourself and you have more energy, you know, it definitely does change your approach to things. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that you're saying that, you know, getting a handle over your wealth does help me tackle that to-do list better, but it isn't something that where it changes your belief system around who you are. And I think that that is, again, a product of the messaging from outside where, you know, like you're just saying, oh, well, if I'm able to be thin, then I can do this thing. If I'm able to, you know, be healthier, then I can do this thing. No, girl, if you can't do that thing before, you're not going to magically be able to do it after because someone has to meet you where you are. 
wellness should be something that lets you be more of who you already are, mm. not something that you're using to try to change yourself into someone else. And I try to talk a lot to my students at appropriate times about making sure that we're not using our wellness goals as an opportunity to hustle for our self-worth because a lot of people come in the door and I I have, because I'm one of your students, Nicole, I have mm-hmm. a lot of integrity about who I will work with in my intensive. That's right. Not everyone gets to not get everybody Not gets everyone gets it. it. That's and, right. And mm-hmm. that's a red flag for me. When I hear someone hustling for their self-worth, mm-hmm. when I have like an introductory call or something, I, I will send them to a therapist. I will send them mm-hmm. someone else. I will say, this is not the time for you to work with me. You that's have a journey right. to go on first because that is not the point of wellness. It is to amplify who you already are, That's the parts right. of yourself that you already love. It is not to help yourself find love that you never had for yourself. Ooh, and it's so important because, again, that messaging is messaging of marketing. Mm-hmm. That's not the messaging of wellness. You know, right. marketing tells you that if you get this lipstick, you will like your lips more. If mm-hmm. you get this food, you will feel better. If you get this, you know, outfit, you're going to like yourself more. If you have this wedding, this thing. And it's amazing because so much of your early 20s, you know, and honestly, for some of us into our 30s, it's spent feeling like the happiness is a destination or an object that if we acquire it, we'll suddenly be okay. And we're told in your 20s, find that partner, find that house, find Mm -hmm. that job. And what's crazy is we don't realize how those that same mindset doesn't serve us going into our 40s. Once we've gotten a lot of those things, we start saying, well, is it is it that I need to move the object? Like you said, chess pieces. Is it that I go someplace else to find that happiness? And I've shared here time and time again, I have had it all from the outside material, even emotional aspect. You know, mm-hmm. like I know what it's like to feel the love and warmth of a, of a traditional family structure. And I can tell you that, again, if you don't have that love of self, you know, if you aren't working on self and how you show up in the world, you're going to keep coming back to it because you're not well. Yeah, and, so um, and I just I love your approach to it. It's Thank so, you. so good. So just as simple takeaways, you know, I know that a lot of women right now are having light bulb moments. They're mm-hmm. listening and they're saying to themselves, I didn't realize how sort of deep this thing runs, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I've had that moment much like you've had where I've knelt on the floor, whether it's in prayer or in crisis, you know, and said something's got to change. Mm-hmm. What are the best next steps that you recommend if someone is listening now and finding themselves in that place and saying, look, you're right. My mindset's not right, you know, and I I'm ready to shift into living well. You know, what does that look like? Yeah, for me, the first step is always to guard the voices that you're allowing in your head about wellness. Because now Ooh. after this conversation, there's there's a line that's probably been drawn in the sand for you between mm-hmm. the way that you used to think about things and the way that you now know you need to think about things. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be a lot of people in your life, a lot of people online who are going to continue to perpetuate the old way of thinking. And yes. you have to really protect yourself from those other voices and really try to surround yourself with people who are saying different things. Community is so important. And I think that when you make this shift in the way that you think about your wellness, it can be really hard because the people around you aren't going to understand it immediately. So you need Mm -hmm. to go and you need to seek and find people. Like the internet is an amazing thing. You can go out, you can find communities. I would love to have you come listen to my podcast, Rock Mm -hmm. Your Wellness with Lauren Shantae, so you can hear my voice in your ear telling you these things, you know, just... Find that community is the first step. Yeah, and that's then good. The second one is you have to give yourself permission for the journey. I know Jada was on your your podcast. I love, yes. love Jada. She mm-hmm. talks about the slow cooker versus the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. And we have such a, a culture of wanting instant results and instant understanding. And I 
you know, when I work with my students, I prefer to work with them for like six months to a year. If I could keep people for, for sure. that long, that's what I would do because that is like the minimum that you should expect to really see like a huge overhaul in your thinking and in your habits. Mm-hmm. It is a journey. Stop letting people sell you quick fix solutions. Stop looking yes. for them and stop being surprised when you do them and it ends up the same place that everything else has ended up. Give yourself permission to be that that cookie dough that needs to bake into a cookie, right? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so the first piece is finding community and mm-hmm. resources, mentorship, people yep. to support you yep. in that shift that you're desiring. Because yep. obviously the same way we're getting messages from society every single day telling us to be, think, do, mm-hmm label one way, we've got to find sort of like a Jada Selner said, the anti-hustle, right? The And like you're saying, the other form of wellness, which mm-hmm. is people who are speaking into our life. They can listen to your podcast, Rock Your Wellness, you know, and, and get that support and that yeah. messaging to counter those thoughts. Because if we're getting it all the time, 100%, you know, we better seek it out at least Absolutely. 20%, you know, to like Absolutely. to remind us that this is better. So, so true. And then, of course, you know, that secondary part is obviously give it time Give yourself permission to to take Mm -hmm. that journey. I always like to tell people if I told you, you know, in building your business, because obviously I consult people with their businesses that, oh, well, you'll make a million dollars. It'll just take five years. Would Mm -hmm. you stop being so frustrated in these first six months? Because you know that you'll get there and this is the date and when And every single person is always like, oh, of course. Well, if you know that that's the case, then why are you screaming and hollering and Mm -hmm. having a fit and quitting in the first six months? If I told you no matter what, you'll get here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so true about what you're saying about wellness. It took me six years before I could really look back and say, okay, I've stabilized. This is where I'm going to be. This Mm -hmm. is my new norm, but I still get fluctuations. You know, it's just that now I give myself so much more grace with them, you know? That's so true. And then just giving yourself permission to trust yourself. Trust Mm. yourself as being the expert on you and your life. I think we're always seeking an outside solution when it comes to wellness. I think in some cases, if you're working with the right person who is giving you outside advice, that's amazing because they're going to help you to compress time so that you can mm-hmm. get to the result faster. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you are still the expert on your journey and you're Absolutely. the expert on yourself. That's so good. And I think that one of the things that we can kind of talk about candidly here is, you know, we've been so blessed to be able to work together, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that where we've been able to have a lot of success is because of the fact that we have similar mindsets around stuff. So even Mm -hmm. if I say, hey, Lauren, you know, this is how I think you should approach this, this and this about your business. But take it back to you. Take it back to God. Take it back Mm -hmm. to your your system, your family, whatever. And what I love about you is you'll say in this season with my kids, this ain't going to work for me, Nicole. (laughs) I will hold this piece of what you're saying. But right now I've got to get through these bullet points because it's not worth me jeopardizing these things that I know about myself. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. Do you circle back? We'll do what we got to do, you know? And then in other seasons, you know, being able to say, oh, no, I got to push through, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is something where I really do need to stick with it because, you know, I can see that this might be a perspective I did not have before, you know? And I think that, again, that circles back to your point. Number one, who do you have in your circle? Yeah. Who do you have around you who's speaking life into you? And with that, I want to say thank you so much, Lauren, for taking time to speak life into us. You know, it's always my goal here to expand the circle of people that are introduced to, you know, my dear friends here and um, to be a different voice in all of this Internet mess, you know, Mm -hmm. of 
reason, of sensibility, of responsibility. And I'm just so grateful that you're out in this world with your gifts and teaching the way that you do. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Nicole. I'm really grateful to be able to share this with everybody. You're amazing. Where can people find out more and uh, work with you if you know they're ready to take that journey? Yeah, I would love you guys to check me out at laurenchante.com, C-H-A-N-T-E. And then you can also grab my podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, Rock Your Wellness with Lauren Chante. We're on season two. It's really fun. <laughs> yes, it's really fun. It's really yeah. good. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being here. Everyone, follow Lauren. Listen, take care of yourself because you absolutely deserve it. Thanks for being here, Lauren. Oh, thank you. Another great chat. Oh, I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.